it took us 14 years before we got to speak on a stage. You know what stage it was? It was ours. We spoke at LashCon. That was our first time that we were allowed to speak at a Lash conference. 14 years. Some of you have been doing lashes for six months and you're mad. Stop it, okay? Six months, one year, two years, five years in industry is nothing. You need to be playing the long game. You need to be thinking, I'm going to make my moves and I know eventually I'll get recognized, but you got to make moves first. You don't just get recognized and put on stages because people feel sorry for you. That's a crappy way to go about it. You want to be selected because, wow, you've done something. You've created a new look, a new style. You've built a business that's really successful. Also, I think too many people are just impatient. They just don't realize things take time. It's not overnight. Always ask why. Why is this the way it is? The whole goal is to rise the industry, to grow it. Yeah, don't worry about giving us credit, guys. We're not here for that. If it grows the industry, that's what makes me happy. When you first said it, I was going to hang up. (laughs) It's not a race you want to win. Yeah, you're going to lose because it'll be too cheap. You'll be working for, like, McDonald's money. Otto, Mitter, onto our show from Alibana. Thank you so much, guys, for having me on board. Okay, we'll take 20. I I can't do math. I'm a beauty professional. Yeah, panning. I do teeth whitening. I'm like, okay, there's some point where you got to draw a line. My biggest concern is longevity and making sure that you've got the best possible mechanical fit. If you're looking for a lash podcast that will challenge how you do lashes, build you up, and help you create a business that not only thrives, but allows you to live a life you're proud of, you've come to the right place. This is LashCast. Your friend in the lash industry. Coming to you for the City of Roses. This is a broadcast by lash professionals and for lash professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. Howdy, howdy, ho. Howdy, how. Howdy, how. <laughs> uh, if you know what that is. From, you know what it is. Yeah, you know what it's from. I did a bad impression. If you know, there. you know. You know, you know. But that said, um, great. So, hey, guys, welcome to the show. Me and Tuss are sitting in the Lashcast studios. Excited, as always, to hang out with you and talk, talk shop. Actually, today is not so much shop. Today is going to be kind of a continuation of some of the stuff we've been going through. We Last week, we talked about gossip and, and how gossip is so destructive. And so, it really is a de- it could be the death of your company. And it's really a bad, a bad practice. And the role with gossip is only complain to people that have the power to make change, right? Exactly. So today we want to go on to that because we've been thinking about this because when you get flack, we actually try to learn things. We try to think about it. We try to listen to our haters and listen to people who say stuff about us because there's always something to learn. Flack stinks, right? Meaning yeah. it's not pleasant. It's getting injured by the shrapnel. But there's a lesson, you know, you can fortify yourself. There can be, not always, but often there can be. And one of the things is I know that all my uh, salon, all of our friends who own brands are just like, "Ah, just ignore it. Just move on. Who cares? Doesn't matter. There's always going to be people throwing crap at you. Peanut gallery, right? Yeah, there is. There always is that. And I think that's true. There will always be, especially as Lash Cash continues to grow. We're going to hit 90,000 downloads this month, which is crazy. In one month, 90,000. So thank you to all of you guys listening. It really means the world to us that you share us with your friends. You post on Instagram. It really is special. value. Yeah. So that said, you know, I'm about to burp into. Oh, come on. Why do you have to even talk about that? I just was burping because I'm sorry. Nobody cares. They don't care? Okay, I'll just burp and keep talking like it doesn't mean anything. It's like saying toilet. It's like 
burp or, is nasty. Or fart or whatever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or, it does not have to descend into potty talk. Okay. So sorry. I apologize. So today we're going to talk about what <laughs> your face right now. You're looking at me with disgust. Total disgust. One day we'll have YouTube. You'll get to see how many times Tuster and podcast just looks at me with like, why do you exist? Why are you in this world with me right now? Oh, I'm so sorry. You have to live with this. But anyhow, that said, we will talk about what's really going on, I think, behind this hate. And that is jealousy. And we have a take on this. We want to go on what you can do. But before we get into all that, let's talk about announcements. Cue to music. I don't know if I ever get tired of that. I love it. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going. It's a keeper. Yeah, it's a keeper. Yeah. All right, guys. So announcements. We'll be quick, hopefully here, because we don't have a whole lot. As you know, we're in LashCon season, so we're just talking about LashCon, and we do still have a few tickets left. So if you want to come to LashCon live, the prices go up one more time, and I think early October. So you want to go on right now, buy those tickets. You'll, it's eight ninety seven. You'll save a hundred bucks. Otherwise, it goes up to I think nine ninety seven. Don't want to pay that. Use the payment plan, whatever. There's still rooms in the Pasadena area. We're, oh, we yeah, got, we had good news about yeah, that. Yeah, the Pasadena, um, not Hilton, but the Pasadena Hotel and Pool is extending the $189 rate as long as they can. We'll just keep giving away rooms at 189 So if you want to, right now, it's only 189 Airfare is super cheap. I've just been paying for our speakers and our staff to fly here and getting their things. Most people are paying no more than $350, maybe $400 to fly here from the East Coast. So you can get here super cheap now. The hotel's 189 and the place basically split out your payments. So some people have been asking which is the best airport to fly Burbank. to. Yeah, we'll just be quick. Burbank, fly in the Burbank if you can. If not, LAX is next, and third would be Long, Long Beach. Beach. Yeah. So don't get into that. If you need more information, just reach out to us. We'd be more glad to answer any questions you have. You definitely do not want to miss the most epic event of the year. It's going to be great. Also, we have two last retention courses um, that we have left this year. We're going to be teaching those in November. Tusney has her class on November 19th and 20th in Boston, and then we'll be here in L.A. on the West Coast, December 3rd and 4th in Los Angeles. So uh, go in the show notes, and you can sign up for those today if you would like. Also, just in general, guys, tag us when you you want us to promote you. You want to be seen. Well, our podcast, I feel like we have a huge audience. Our Instagram is a little bit more humble. We will repost you if you share something that's interesting to us that we agree with. We don't generally post stuff where we're like, someone says, don't wash your lashes. Sorry, we're not going to post that. But if you share something we've taught you or something you've learned and post it, we will definitely share that with our community. So if you want to get on, please do that. I know our team or um, who does Instagram would love to promote and get more people out there. So that's your way of doing it. And by the way, if you've been listening, you're like, man, next year, I can't do LashCon, but I want to get on, become a LashCast Insider. And then just go in the show notes and click on the link, become an insider. That will get you in. So you get first dibs on everything and you get discount codes and all sorts of fun stuff. So LashCast Insider is the way to go. All right, let's talk about this thing called jealousy. Because really, in the end, I see this a lot of time where people go, oh, their haters just hate you because they're jealous. And that's true. And I don't say that's not true. But I don't want to shame people for that. I don't want to be like, oh, you're just lazy bum who's jealous. I think this is a cultural thing that people have just learned to play the victim. If you don't get what you want and life has given you a bad pass, let's say, often the victim card gets thrown out. 
I know you had some thoughts on that. Yes, the victim card get, does get thrown out. And maybe you're jumping the gun just okay. a little bit. Because when you say jealous, people are jealous. I think that jealousy is an ugly thing. But all of us, at one time or another, have been afflicted with jealousy. Well, I guess well, let's explain what we mean when I say jealous yeah. in this case. What I think some people are mad about. And I can just tell they're mad at LashCon, right? They're mad at the event. They say the event doesn't feel like they're welcomed at the event, that that's their kind of event. And without investigating, they don't understand that, yeah, actually, there's a lot of different people like LashCon. LashCon is not like a Utah white event. Like, okay, you have to be from Utah and you have to look like, you know. Christy Brinkley. Yeah, Christy Brinkley. That is not LashCon. If you've been to LashCon, you know that's true. And if you've never been to LashCon or you've listened to some people, you might be like, well, I'm not welcome. Not my, my people aren't there. And it's just not true. It's a really wide group. We say all the time, LashCon is a big tent. It really is a big tent. And if you come to our events or come to our trainings, you'll see like, oh, wow, there's a lot of cool different people here. It's really neat. We live in LA, by the way. LA is like the most diverse place, I think, in the United States. I mean, Spanish is the most spoken language now. I think it's over 50% of all the people who live in LA speak Spanish, which is super cool. I should learn that. <laughs> I, I was one of those mistakes in high school. I took German. I should have taken German. I should have taken Spanish. All my friends took Spanish and they've benefited. We'll see that proves you're a racist. Yeah, that's it. That's true. Because <laughs> I love the German language so much. I don't speak that either anymore either, unfortunately. Anyhow, so people were upset and I think a lot of it is more like, well, why aren't I speaking? Or why aren't why my friends speaking? Because I know they're really cool. And they're and by the way, it's neat. I'm glad you have people that you love that you think are interesting and should be recognized. That's awesome. Truth is, we can't recognize everyone. And there is a method to get things getting done. And I know that jealousy is what's really driving. I think that's what's really driving. I don't think it's about, well, my people aren't being represented. Because if you came, you'd see that your people are. Yeah. So let's right? talk about that really delicately, yeah. you know, because you're, you're just like, it's jealousy, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. That may be the answer. However, like I said before, it's a hard thing to admit or see even that you're doing that if you yeah. are. Because when you're wrong about something, it doesn't come with a feeling that says you're wrong. No, I mean, no. You, you definitely When you yeah. think that you're wrong and you're like dying for your position, it doesn't come with that feeling. It feels like you're right. Yeah. So when you say you're just jealous. People are like, I'm not feeling jealous. And I guess that's, we have to be careful because that may that sounds dismissive. Yeah. So, so you, your feelings are invalid. You don't matter. You're just you're jealous. You're just jealous. Yeah. And I, right. no, I don't want to no, write no, off no, people no, like no, that. No, no. But I just, I'm trying to explain as I've thought about this and wrestled through this, what is really going on here? Is it a matter of lack of representation? Okay. Or is it something else? So first of all, I want to acknowledge that those feelings are real. Okay. Those feelings of feeling excluded or feeling left out, those are coming from something. Okay. It's not a good feeling, but let's talk about what does it really mean? Because I think that sometimes people jump to the solution that, oh, this group is exclusive because I feel bad. Right. And it's like causation and correlation. It's not the right thing. You can't say this is not the cause of that. That's right. And I guess what we're trying to say is that if you feel that way, first of all, I sympathize with you because that sucks, right? In fact, we know what that feels like. Yeah, let's share a little bit about our background and our history because I think like anything, you'd think we've been here and we've been doing this for all our life and we've just rolling in the money and it's been great and no problems. And the truth is this, guys, and this is to give you perspective of timelines. Tusk learned about Lashes in 2005 
open integrity skin is what it was originally called in 2006. Got started with that. You know when she got her first time to actually speak? How many years it was, guys? Was it two years, three years, four years? Nope. Keep guessing a little longer. It was 12 years from the time in 2005 to 2017 when Tusney got to speak at ISSE or ICE in Long Beach. That's it, guys. It took 12 years. And you know what? We know it's jealousy because we felt the same way back in 2010, 2011, 2012. I remember seeing posts, seeing speaking happening, things going on, and you and me would just privately grumble and say, why aren't you being seen? I remember thinking, why isn't Tusk being recognized? Okay, so... It's so funny. It's like I bristle every time you say I feel jealous because, yeah, I mean, it's a really ugly thing to admit. It was ugly, but that's what we felt. I have to confess. Yeah, I felt like, how come I'm not invited to the table? I'm like, I have pretty good ideas. I also am credible. It's not like I'm just came up with this. You were crazy booked in Pasadena. You were working back in 2008, 2009, right in the middle of recession. You were working six days a week, 10, 12, sometimes clients a day. It was insane. You were way over your head. The demand was super high. You so were I learned the, a lot of stuff yeah. from that, right? And you were the bomb, and we were looking at, and our salon was the most high. You were the most, that wasn't a salon so much, but you were the highest red lash artist as far as Yelp at that time. And so it was busy, and we stayed that way all the way to 2013, and we never got invited anywhere. Instagram was just beginning to take off, so we were on Instagram, and no one cared. It was disappointing because we were like, wow, here, we're doing all this stuff. We're making noise. We're doing good things. We're winning awards. We're beginning to win awards with our salon and being recognized. We were in, um, Vo- not Vogue, Vanity, Vanity Fair. Fair in 2014 or 2015. <laughs> it was the Oscar issue. Yeah, Oscar issue. So things were happening, and yet no one was coming to knock on our door. We even got into, I think, Lash Inc. at the time, as well as Eyelash Magazine in 2014, 2015, 2016. We offered to publish articles, hoping we get, you know, it was all free. We just do it. You don't get paid anything. And worse, actions. one of the magazines made us pay them that be one year. And so, anyhow, we were trying to hustle. We were trying to get seen, and no one was knocking on our door. Yeah, if I'm really honest, it was disappointing. There were conferences going on. There were lots of conferences, yeah. but I wasn't invited to the table. And if you went to one, you'd just be like, who are you? <laughs> it's like, I the most successful lash lawn in Southern California with probably one of the most competitive markets and be like, nah, I'd never heard of you. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it felt a little bruising. It felt a little unfair. I remember applying to contests and things like that. And one of my frustrations well, was you that- you applied to Lash Wars, the very first lash competition in the United States. Yeah. You were in it along with a lot of other people and we now know, which is kind of cool to see these other people. And we met a lot of movers and shakers who were just starting out their careers in those days. And how did you do, Tuss? I scored very poorly. You were extremely. Like, we poorly. assumed you'd win. Mm-hmm. I mean, us and two other staff came. We we brought a couple of staff with us, I did. and we almost were celebrating the whole way. Hey, this is gonna be awesome. Tuss is gonna win. We actually rehearsed. We Tuss wore oh, no. a costume. I, I did this study the full month before I came in, and it really was actually the basis for a lot of my future work because I began to study actually how they grow out and how they behave lashes I should say and it was profound you learned a lot because you were focusing on how to get better lashing done and 
You wore a costume. We were. It was Lash one. Wars, and Lash so Wars. I was. I dressed up as if I was a, a soldier in, in the forties. Yeah, and then she also wore a cute outfit. We also brought our own humidifier. Yeah, like this is 2014, 2015, maybe I can't remember which year twenty which year it was. But well, you it was brought in a Vegas, humidifier, so, so you were the only dry. one to have a humidifier there, and we had to figure out how to bring it in, set up because you only had a certain amount of time. So you had to set it up, have it all. So everyone else just kind of sits down, and you start set up this whole station. You even had a blanket for your person that was near bed because you wanted to make it like it was like a, a lash appointment. And so we would do all these extra little things, thinking you'd be recognized. Like, wow, she's really good and then they judged your work and they said nope don't like your way you do your lashes is weird because i didn't follow the rules and what i was hoping was that you would be able to see it's okay i understand you have to play by the rules but they weren't meant to be bent back then and um, for some people they still aren't some people still this is the only way you do it and if you do anything otherwise it's bad yeah and so it was humbling because here I'm thinking, I have something to share. Yeah. I have something to say. I want to show what I can do. And it wasn't deemed anything special. In fact, no. it was pretty yeah. humiliating. Yeah, we, we went to the party and they announced the winners and we were just sitting there thinking, okay, third place, of course, Tustin went third. Second place, nope, yeah, of course. And then the first place and we're ready for you to go up and receive and your name never got yeah, called. Yeah, and then, then seeing the score afterwards, you're scored on many things, but like on my bonds, I literally got a zero. Because Tustin <laughs> attaches the whole extension, a classic that is, the whole extension to the lash and they want just the base. And because she attached the whole extension, they, they consider that a bad bond and gave it a zero. Yeah. So, so the point is that I know the feelings of not Your being recognized. Not being recognized. I know the feeling of not being invited to the table. I know also what it's like to apply to something and it be a popularity contest and because I wasn't popular. Yeah. I didn't get recognized. Get overlooked. Yeah. That's something that happened forever. So 2017 comes around and we apply to speak at the ISSE trade show here in Long Beach. That's in January. Actually, sadly, it's canceled. No longer. If you haven't heard the heard it yet, ISSE's over, but Premier or is taking over, and they're going to be here in April next year. Anyhow, we're working with Premier. We might be speaking at Premier. So that's some information about next year we're working on. But that said, we reached out. And we used our credentials of our salon. We said, hey, we've been doing business a long time. And we wrote in the thing what we would speak about. And they, they accepted it. They accepted too. I got to speak on a class. Tusk got to speak on a class. And that was it. And then we built the relationship. And they got good feedback. And they allowed us back next year. And we spoke in that. We spoke four years, I think. And even the virtual one we spoke. So that was became our kind of like our tentpole that we got in. But we used that and leveraged that to speak at IBS in Vegas. And a couple of years later, We've done IBS a couple times. We've spoken there, I think, two, three times now. And again, these places, you just have to reach out and ask. And eventually, if you bug them enough or if you meet someone or if you make networking, like I think IBS, we met someone who knew someone and they said, we'll introduce you. And that's how we got IBS. So that's just connecting and networking and going to events and meeting people. That's how you get in. But still, the conferences, crickets, no one reached out to us. No one cared. There were conferences nearby, overseas, all over the place. We, at that time, I thought- We started attending them. We started trying to connect with people. But still, nothing. So now it's 2019. And, well, 2018 is when we started a podcast, January 2018. And so that was- 
the beginning of what I thought. Okay, we'll do the podcast. And as you guys probably know, Shelby, Shelby's a good friend of ours. So I'm, I'm not, we're going to say something that I'm not, this is me being jealous. Mm-hmm. So us, we start like a month or two before Shelby. Shelby starts and Shelby takes off faster. Her podcast gets seen and known out there. And, you know, we're friends. So this is all good. There's nothing, there's nothing bad here. And, but I am jealous. I'm like, man, she, she, and all of a sudden I start seeing some conferences and Shelby's name is there. We're not invited. And I'm like, wait, but we're both the same. We're yeah, but both- first of all, you're a dude. I know. And you're old. <laughs> no, it's true. I, I, my staff back in the day when we first started, like, I don't know, Paul. They'd be like, old nobody wants to see you. No one wants to be no. around. No one wants to see your face. <laughs> Get your face off Instagram. No one wants that. That's not going to be helpful to the lash industry. You're embarrassing us. Yeah, it was kind of embarrassing for some of them. Not all of them, but some, I think, kind of felt like, eh, this really isn't a thing. And there was just, you know, some jealousy there, too. I think that we found out there were some staff that wanted to be on the podcast. And looking back, we could have handled that better. We could have been a little bit more democratic or explain why certain people were on, some weren't, or whatever. Anyhow, that all said, jealousy was something that we know. We know that world. We started a podcast. We weren't being recognized. Shelby was. Shelby got to speak at, I think, two or three conferences. Got to go in London. We were still at home making podcasts. No one was calling us. Well, wait a minute. I think you're jumping the gun here again. Because the reason why we decided to start the podcast was because I remember having a conversation and I was feeling particularly bent one day. I think I was looking at social media and was feeling pretty dejected. Like, why isn't anybody recognizing me or what, you know, whatever. And you said, don't be discouraged. It's Mm. not your time right now. I said, you just keep doing good work. It's not going to serve you by getting mad and feeling sorry for yourself. We'll create an audience. Yes, that's going to be the next step. I was just trying to really show the frustration that we were under because we were trying to make noise. We were trying to get recognized. We had hoped to be able to, we had a lot to offer, we felt like, on the industry because we, we saw the industry was very closed. You know, the books were closed. Close-minded. Like, close-minded. Unless it was uh, talking about volume last, you know, there, there was no discussion about other ways of doing things. And people, the lash police would, you know, shame people yeah. for saying certain things or acting certain ways or believing, or certain, believing things. certain things. And we're like, stop it. Lashes, there's so much room for growth and exploration here. We don't need to limit people's options. We need to open their options. Let them try new things. So in 2018, we started podcast, started sharing things and with hopes to get a bigger stage. And then we also then decided, well, we'll do LashCon. And that's it. And we need to just do our own thing. We're not going to invite it to speak anywhere. Well, dang it. We're going to start our own conference because exactly what you said is we just sat around and continued to get more bitter. Because by 2019, we've been in this industry for 14 years, never asked to speak anywhere, never acknowledged, no one cared. It didn't matter. Our Instagram was small. I mean, we tried, doing, small. we tried doing meetups before they were a thing. That's right. We did meetups in 2015, 2016, where we had Blast artists come to our salon, like 30, 40 women. That was cool. That was nice. That was fun to do. And we did that a couple of times, maybe three different times we did that over time. And then we went to other people's meetups, a couple of meetups in our local area. Like Sugar Lash had one. We went to those. And then I know Borboletta had theirs at ISSE. So we went there and met people back in 2017, 2018. Still, as we were doing the networking, making the connections. No one was calling us. No one cared what we did. We were basically had no purpose for this industry. I mean, no one cared. And it would have been really easy to be like, 
And yeah, it could be easy to go get to bitter, like, get we're, angry, we're victims. point fingers. It See, must be how we look. Yes, it has to do because I'm old and because testing is a minority, right? I mean, we could have gone to there. We could have gone that route. And I think that's what some people do. I think some people well, look. for sure that's what people do. They do, do. look at themselves and go, well, it must be because it of who I am. It must be because of that. Because it's easy to say, well, that's, it's kind of a label. And if we were to have done that, if we, well, I remember you agonizing, being like, well, I'm an older man. I have no business being in this. And I have people that have told me. I'm the wrong gender. I'm I'm, the wrong age. Yeah. And um, And I'm bald. Yeah. That probably had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Well, it did come up in conversations. I do remember. You're like, I just don't look like a 20-something. Yeah, I don't look like Jamie is what it was. I'm like, Jamie is this cute, good-looking guy, and I'm this old dude that just no one is going – I mean, I'm Uncle Paul. That's where I, you know, Daddy I, Paul. I, or Daddy Paul, I've heard too. That's where I, I had to embrace, okay, I'm the old guy in the yeah. room and I'll just embrace that. So, yeah, you could have been like, oh, it's because of the way we look. And in and, and times at our lowest moments, I think we probably did. But we said, what can we do about it? Let's do something about it. Yes. And I guess what we're trying to say is that, especially because we, it's, we've been inundated with a lot of, anger recently about our conference being too exclusive and yeah, not not just race wise but social economically like we only appeal to highly successful lash artists which i can assure you actually a few artists have reached out to me and said look no i've come from extremely humble means actually one of the gals i'm gonna have on the podcast later this year or at least maybe early next year and really was interesting to hear that because i never even thought about the social economics i was just like you know I have heard complaints that conferences, and by the way, conferences have in the past been very white, right? I mean, I've looked at conferences over the years. And I'm like, wow, there's really no diversity in there. And one of the things when we started LashCon, we, we wanted to find voices you haven't heard before and diversity. We really want a diverse group of people. But not it's just, not just the diversity of the way you look. Yeah. It's also diversity of the way people think and their backgrounds and Absolutely. stuff. It doesn't... It's everything. I don't think it suits people to be like, oh, it needs to look this way because then it's not really... Um, we want the best. Right. And the best, thankfully, is diverse, by the way. I don't even have to think diverse. I just start talking to people, meeting people. And amazingly, as I get to know people, they look very different. And they all have different backgrounds. They have different ideas, different looks, different feelings, different approaches. And that's what we're looking for with LashCon. That's what we want to promote. And we don't look at follower accounts. And we don't just try to get the popular kids to come speak. If you notice, we'll talk about this a little bit. We do have popular kids in there. There are people who've done and made noise who we recognize and will put on there. But overall, we're not trying just to find the popular kids. We want to find the kid who's outside the, the outlier. Box. Because that's what we've been. Guys, I mean, think about it. For crying out loud, it took us 14 years before we got to speak on a stage. You know what stage it was? It was ours. We spoke at LashCon. That was our first time that we were allowed to speak at a Lash conference. 14 years. Some of you have been doing lashes for six months and you're mad. Stop it, okay? Six months, one year, two years, five years in industry is nothing. It's a very short time. You need to be playing the long game. You need to be thinking, "What? I'm going to make my moves and I know eventually I'll get recognized, but you got to make moves first. You don't just get recognized and put on stages because people feel sorry for you. That's a crappy way to go about it. It won't feel fulfilling if you're like, oh, I got this job because they felt bad for me and they just wanted someone on the stage who doesn't have 10 million followers. So they picked me out of a hat and they put me on the stage and here I am presenting. And you're like, wow, you didn't earn it, did you? Nope, 
just how bad guilt, whatever. It, it didn't feel good, so they found someone and threw me out there. That's not satisfying either. You want to be selected because, wow, you've done something. You've created a new look, a new style. You've done things on Instagram that are really interesting. Noteworthy. Noteworthy. You've built a business that's really successful. You've you know, hired staff and you've built salons or you've built a product line or invented something new service or a new something. Like you've just gone outside the box and you tried it and you went out and you did something noteworthy. That is why you want to be selected, not because someone had a quota or felt bad about you because you felt like you weren't invited. And, well, to prove that you're invited, I'm going to put you on stage. I just don't think that's the way to do it. And also, I think too many people are just impatient. They just don't realize things take time. It's not overnight. I mean, we've been doing our podcast for five years almost. Like this January will be five years podcasting. And only in the last couple of years have we seen it really begin to blossom First year, we had 35,000 downloads or 32,000, I forget, in the first year. Total. I mean, now we get like times six, 8,000 in a day. But man, back in, when we first started, no one cared. And we would go everywhere. People would look at you, who are you? We were Blashcast. We who? Never, never heard of you. And still today, I half the time when I say who I am, I expect no one's going to know who we are. Because yeah. <sighs> I just don't want to presume. I just want to be like, well, you should know. We're big. We're big stuff. Like I think it's better to be invited up the table and then to take a position of honor and be like, oh, no, this is seat's not for you. You're yeah. in the back. Yeah, you didn't get told to go sit down and get back with the peons or whatever. Like, no, it's best to get invited, not to invite yourself. But at the same time, you do have to do something noteworthy to get there. And that's really what we want to tell you guys here, that those of you who want to be on our podcast or you want to be on the stage at LashCon or any conference, right? Patience and noteworthy. Those are your two biggest friends. Take your time and do something. Start something. Mary Harcourt, how did she get in LashCon last year? She started something completely new, a new light that had never been made. The Cosmo Glow Light. Cosmo Glow Light. And she was amazing. People loved her talk. And she's got since then, now she speaks at trade shows all year long she's doing it all the time and it's exciting to see her her really just her whole business and everything about her blow up but it's because she did something noteworthy beforehand mary had been in the industry a long time she actually came to our trainings back like four or five years ago it was pretty cool to see one of our students right you get yeah. you're kind of proud like we did we contribute not really but we'll take credit <laughs> so but she did something special and that's why people reach out and now she's all over the place and i, I can assure you that's Generally, kind of the way it works for all these people, you do something noteworthy and you be patient. And if you've been doing this for three, four, five years and they're not recognized, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish everyone could be at the top immediately all at once, but it takes time, it takes effort, and it's going to take some uh, panache. Yeah, and I think that if you think that people are conspiring against you to, to mash you down, you're going to lose the opportunity to pull yourself, not to pull yourself up, but to grow to say, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to be overlooked. I want to do something. Yeah, you could look at one side and say, okay, I'm going to be a victim and do nothing and just blame everyone. Or I can get a little angry and say, you know what? Those idiots don't recognize me, don't see what I'm doing. I'm going to make it impossible for them. To be overlooked. To overlooked. I'm going to make such a ruckus. I'm going to make so much noise that the world is going to come knocking on my door saying, how can we get a piece of that? And the noise that I'm talking about is not like vinegar. Yeah. It's like honey, right? Because you attract more flies with honey than with vinegar. So, I mean, you can make a barkus and it can stink. 
Yep. But and people will notice it, but uh, that's not the kind of attention that you want. And we've seen that. I've seen on Instagram people pop up out of nowhere, make a scene, get a bunch of followers, and a year later they're gone. Like nothing, nothing's there. Like a stinky scene? Stinky scene, because they got angry, they called people out, they said some nasty things about other brands, other lash artists, and people piled on, said, yeah, you're right for saying that, you should, you know, that person's bad. F you them, know, man. Screw them. And they, so they get a little heat, but that's hard to sustain. Why? Because it's negative. You're doing mean things. You're attacking people. You're pulling people down. Yeah. You're not pulling anyone up. You're pulling people down to pull yourself up, really. And you can't sustain that over three, four, five years. You can do it for like a few months before. I think you just get burnt out going, oh, my gosh, I have to go online again and bash people. Well, sometimes it can be kind of an identity because sometimes I've seen it on the bigger stage, not lash circles, but people are like that because they really feel victimized by the system. Yeah. And they feel like it's unjust and they're they've got a yell it at the tallest uh, rooftop that the world is unjust. And then, by the way, newsflash, the world is unjust. It really is. I wish we lived in a just society where good got rewarded, bad didn't. Unfortunately, that's not the world we live in. The thing that you do have control over is how you think, yeah. right? And the things that you can choose to do for yourself. So thinking about yourself as a victim is super discouraging. And it's and demoralizing. Demoralizing and, and, and really disabilitating, right? Yeah. You can't get out of bed. You can't go out and do that thing because you you're feel- You're not in control. You're not included. You're not welcome. And by the way, I think a lot of people, and I've seen this, where people say, well, I just don't feel welcome at LashCon or I'm not going to go or whatever. And they badmouth it. And I'm like, you know what? That's all the more reason why you need to go. We need you at LashCon. If you don't feel like you're represented and that you aren't welcomed- you need to come and change that. You need to be that change that makes it happen. You need the person goes there and says, you know what? I want more people like me at LashCon. I want more people in my tribe to come to LashCon. And so I'm going to be the brave one and go first. By the way, when you show up, you're like, oh, wait, oh, there are people here already. That's what you're going to find out. You'll be like, oh, I'm not the only one. No, you're not. You're not the only one. I know maybe you feel that way, but don't let that excuse keep you from being part of it. Yeah. Because you, you got to participate. You got to participate. You got to play the game. And you come with an open heart, not yes. a closed one that's like, prove me wrong, because people can see the vinegar. People can feel it. You can smell it a mile away. But if you have an open heart, that's attractive. Exactly. So I guess what I'm saying is be encouraged. You're not alone in feeling alienated. Yep. But there are good things that you can do about it. First of all, change the way that you think. Mm -hmm. You do have power. You do have control of your thoughts. And you can start making small decisions, small things. It's not going to turn your life around tomorrow. But the direction that you take today, with even just the way you think, can completely change tomorrow. Yeah. Five years from now. Ten years from now. And that's the thing. you got to be realizing this is playing the longer game. You look at Gary Vee. He talks about his wine library. And when he first started his YouTube channel, the first year, he had, like, no one paying attention. He just ignored him. It wasn't, I think it was like 18 months when finally Wine Library, his um, YouTube channel, long time ago, finally blew up. It took him 18 months. That's pretty quick for us. For us, it's taken us a few years doing the podcast. And by the way, we finally got invited to our first um, conference after LashCon. That's when we got invited. We got invited to the Scottsdale. Which, by the way, everything got canceled then after that because of COVID. But a year and a half later, or a little over a year later, we got to finally speak at our first conference outside of LashCon. And since then, there have been more invites. But 
that's not, be, it's only because we have made a scene. We finally, you know, did enough. It took us only 15 years. That's all. I think most of you guys will probably beat us. Most of you listening who want that, who are hoping to be on podcasts, hope to be speaking, hope to be on the world stage of lashes, so to speak. You're not going to need 15 years. No. You're going to do it much sooner. You are. But I just want to give you perspective. And for those of you who look at us go, you just don't know my situation. You don't know how bad it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, we, do. we do. Oh, my gosh, do we. In fact, I don't think there's anyone else in this industry who probably took as long as we did to get to the stage. And we're still, by the way, we're not done. We have to still go have to hustle. We have to still work. I have to do two podcasts a week. I have to do these, all these other things. Because if I don't, guess what? No one's going to care. We'll just disappear. I hate to say it, but there are people in this industry that were huge four years ago who kind of pulled back and they're gone. They're just not known. You mention their name, be like, who's that? I'm like, oh my gosh, they were huge. Yep. It's just the way the world is. Well, do you want to share a little insight about how if somebody wants to get on the stage? Yes. Let's, let's end this on a positive note to share some hopefully hopeful stories that will let you know how people got into our event. Because people probably are wondering, like, how can I be a guest? How can I be on the podcast? Or how can I be on a stage? And not all conferences are the same, so I can't share. This is how every conference works. But I want to share a bunch of stories about our people from this year and just short ones. And hopefully they'll be, you'll just go, oh, really? That's how you did it? It's like, yeah, that's how you did it. Some of these people are no names, and some of them are big names, and some are up and coming, and so forth. They're all over the map. Hey guys, we're going to interrupt the show here and call it quits for today. We're going to save the second part where I go into and really break down how people have gotten into LashCon. I thought it would be really hopefully encouraging and uplifting to say, okay guys, some of you out there really want to be part of this. Some of you want to be part of other conferences. So maybe it would be helpful to hear people's journeys and how they got into LashCon. And so I share everything from our top-line A-listers to people you maybe never heard of. And where did we find out? How did we learn about them? And why are they going to be speaking at LashCon this year? And we don't go through everyone because it's like 40-some people. But you'll get a good idea. And hopefully along that way, you'll see a pathway. They're like, oh, that could be me. Or I got an idea. I'm going to do this. Because what we don't want people to do is feel like outsiders and feel like they don't belong. We've been there. Hopefully now you see that. I think in the past, people have accused us of being... Well, you're insensitive. You know what it's like to be like me. You don't know what it's like to be an outsider. You don't know what it's like to be marginalized. And I'm like, actually, you know what? I think we do. I think we do. And because of that, hopefully that will be encouraging to say, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. I sometimes want to stay away from that time mentality because I see a lot of people exploit that. Like, I'm a millionaire and you can be a millionaire like me. And they use that as a way to get you to buy their products. I'm not selling anything right now. I'm just trying to get you to see a little bit bigger picture for yourself. The, the possibilities of where you can be doing things that you've always wanted to do, but have felt pushed back, held back, pushed down. And I'm not saying those things aren't happening to you. I don't want to make you say, well, it's all re not real. It's all in your head. I believe there is definitely pushback. I actually believe when we were before our, our conference, there was definitely pushback. 
There are people like, I really don't care to see some older guy come out and do stuff. All right. I know it's a not a generally a marginalized group in the world. Actually, ageism isn't it's another issue in our world, aside with racism and other sorts of isms. But that said, you don't have to let that be the reason why things don't happen. Yeah, there'll be people pushing you down, pushing back. But you, if you want it bad enough, can always find a way, I think, to push through, fight through and find your path to the success that you want. And it's all going to be different for everyone. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different. And by the way, there's <laughs> a slide note about conferences. You don't get paid anything for these things. Uh, no one pays you. You make no money unless you're like a top A-lister. Like we pay our, the top people who speak on the national stages everywhere. But everyone else is just getting out. We pay for hotel and airfare. And it's honor, and they love it. And I love it. I mean, we've spoken this year more than we've ever spoken. Not paid for anything. Maybe no, no airfare paid for. And I think our hotel was paid once. So, and that's okay. We, you know what? We accept it because we see this is our chance to connect with our base. This is our chance to be able to promote what we're doing, to grow our influence. And that's our payment, right? So just a heads up. If you're thinking about this and you're dreaming about it, have a game plan for what you want to do once you get that opportunity. Because if you're just like, I just want to be popular, well, that's not going to really serve you. You're not going to get anything from that. Popular doesn't pay the bills, right? That's like follower counts. Don't pay the bills. People who buy your services, buy your products, buy your trainings, whatever you're offering, those are the people who pay your bills. And that's why you can have like a 1,000 followers and make a good living. Because guess what? As a lash artist, you need, what, 50, 60, 70, 80, maybe max amount of clients of a thousand followers there's plenty left over still watching right so don't stress about this guys hopefully this has been empowering hopefully this has been useful and hopefully you'll come back next week and you'll listen to the second part where we sit down and really kind of break it all down on how people get in the lash con and then hopefully you'll apply that to pretty much anything in life hopefully you'll start thinking outside the box when i was i'll, let's, I'll try to wrap this up in a second keep going on here but when i was working in hollywood there was literally a story every day about someone breaking into Hollywood. Oh, blah, 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 broke into Hollywood. Oh, a friend of mine got this, or this person got that. And I remember started thinking about how I was going to find my way. I mean, I got to Hollywood, but never anything big. I was just working in development, reading scripts mostly, and trying to get them packaged and ready to be sold, right? Very, very unsexy. I did that and was paid horribly. Okay, I made no money. I mean, that's the bad news about Hollywood. Go work in Hollywood. Unless you're the top 1%, all the rest of you are just scratching pennies and, and hoping one day to be seen or, and, and heard. Otherwise, it's a grind and you and because they know there's a million people that will replace you, so they don't pay you squat. I mean, we lived just above the poverty line probably the first 15, 20, 15 years of our marriage. It was, it was quite humbling, let's just say that. Anyhow, one of the things that was interesting is how many different ways people would break into Hollywood and it was always unique. One guy would be like in the restaurant and the, and, and the producer would see them and say, hey, you, you know, are you a writer? And like, yeah, I'm a writer. Hey, give me a script. Another person would be walking down the street. Actually, I heard one person threw their script over someone's fence into their yard. They read it, loved it, and ended up working with that person. Another person just threw a friend in the family. I tried this. I tried it through the friend in the family. It was working. The person was in marketing. Like, how would that person help me in the film? I don't know. But when I was like 20-some years old, I didn't care. I sent, I sent to that person. They read my script. It sucked. And I, I, I can look at that back now and go, it's embarrassing that she was so kind to me and helpful. So I'll, I'll pass it on to some of my friends. And, of course, it went nowhere. And other times, it's just random. You just never know in Hollywood how a, a gig or a job was going to land in your plate. 
And the same thing I think is true in our last world. You just never know. I mean, you'll hear people's different success stories and how they got there. And it's never as easy as it probably sounds. And yours is going to be different too. Way you're going to overcome the obstacles that are in your life. And all of us have obstacles. It doesn't matter who you are. You have obstacles. I promise you. You know that. So for you, you're going to have to find your way, your tricks, your perseverance to break through and be found and be seen. It could be a million different ways. So find the people you like, follow them. But if you know what? If you want to do it, you know, say, no, no, this work for me. I'm going to do it this way. Good for you. But also be willing to pivot. Be willing to admit, oh, this method isn't working. And I'm not going to just keep tripling, doubling down, quadrupling down on a method that's failing. There is a time where you just go, okay, I'm going to have to try another approach and then go that way. And I'm going to try another approach and go that way. I mean, like I said, for us, 12 years before we ever got on any stage and 14 years before we got invited into a last conference stage. And that was because we started that last conference. <laughs> By the way, as a side note, some people I've seen saw that. I saw some people talking about, well, let's just start our own conference. And I applaud that. I think that's wonderful. Go start your own conference. There's plenty of room, right? I do not believe that there's only, you know, a thousand people to share in the last conference world. There are tons of people who want to go to conferences. So I, I, I'll put this out there too. I'm more than willing to help if you reach out to me and DM me, hey, I love some support. I'll support any way I can. I can't give you a lot of time, but I, I do want to say that I am here to support and help other people pursue their dreams. I want people to be happy. I want people to be financially free. I want people to be build a life that they're proud of, right? So if you are that person, please reach out. Um, I can't. <laughs> I can't do it for you, and I can't sit down and lay it all out, like, start here and do this. At some point, I'd have to charge you, but I can at least, you know, encourage you and, and give you some insights, and you can always ask a specific question. Hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, yeah, that's great. We should try that, okay? Or I tried that and it failed. I'll give you that feedback. So if you're in that thing where you're like, well, I'm tired of waiting. I'm going to go to Paul and Tusser out, and I'm just going to start my own conference. God bless you. We'll be there for you. We don't care whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. If we're trying to help our industry and trying to help people, more power to you. Okay? All right, guys. So hopefully you'll come back next week, and we will break it all down. Otherwise, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at LashCast and at The Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my Lash Love Nut Tusney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.